My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. We gather in the presence of the one holy and living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. What an exciting day. For today we celebrate the feast of St. Mary, the Blessed Mother, and a patron saint of this beloved community here at All Saints. Now, I have to admit, as someone who grew up in the Roman Catholic Church, walking into this sanctuary for the first time and seeing not only the beautiful statue of the Blessed Mother, but also the devotion of those who stop and pray and light a candle before her, just drew me in. It was like coming home, and yet it was just a taste of who you are and of your relationship with the Blessed Virgin. So many Christians have such deep affection for Mary. For centuries, faithful Christians have read and heard about her life, tried to model her faithfulness, her obedience, her love for the Lord, her willingness to do God's will with so little warning and at such personal cost. Her very identity and nature have been debated in the highest councils of the church for centuries. Theotokos, the God-bearer, all-holy, the queen of heaven, the mother of God, and of course, the queen of peace. How very poignant, given that yet again we hear drums of war beating in Syria and on the Korean Peninsula and the violence that we have seen in Charlottesville just this weekend. These titles all mean so much to so many and show forth that deep affection and reverence that we have for Mary the God-bearer. But watching individuals pray the rosary in a hospital or kneel before this beloved statue in our chapel. It's the intimacy of those relationships with Mary that stand out for me. Now, many have had a personal experience with Mary during times of deep sorrow and personal loss. I guess it makes sense, really. A mother whose son is brutalized, tortured, suffers arguably the most humiliating and painful death ever inflicted upon another human being. All for teaching about love, compassion, obedience to God, justice, and mercy. A mother who had watched the son perform miracle after miracle that involved meeting the needs of others, healing many, freeing others from demons, feeding those in need of food, even raising friends and strangers from the dead. Mary saw it all. Imagine the joy at seeing your son living out the kingdom of God, the God that you have loved, worshipped, and followed your entire life. And then imagine the pain that she experienced standing at the foot of the cross after following that son, her joy paraded through the streets on the way to Gethsemane, watching his agony as he passed on his responsibilities as son and oldest male to the beloved disciple.
watching as he labored for breath, as he prayed, as he forgave those who had scourged him and nailed him to that tree. Mary was there. Mary was present, heard his agony, and experienced her beloved son as he commended his own spirit to God. Mary experienced pain and loss on a scale that hopefully we never will. The motif of the Pieta comes to mind. Mary cradling the lifeless body of her son, Jesus. Some of the most beautiful and powerful works of art ever crafted by human hands have been inspired by Mary. Yes, her pain, but also her love, joy, humility, and piety. When my mother died 17 years ago, Mary was there with me. I know many of you have been in a place of deep sorrow and loss. I'm certainly not alone there. For me, there was a large hole. There was darkness. God felt distant. I felt alone. In some of those dark moments when I felt so far from God, so far from anything resembling faith, Mary was there. In one of those moments where, even after 45 minutes, under the hot water from the shower, I couldn't stop the tears. I couldn't even lift my head up. It was that first Mother's Day. I could see the statue of Mary on the side altar of our home church, church where my mother had watched me take my first communion, watched as I was confirmed, and where we had just a few months before said goodbye. The simple yet elegant purple crown that adorned Mary's head every Mother's Day was very visible, but there was this warmth, this feeling of calm and love. I swear, Mary's face glowed just a little. Now Mary has been there for so many who have experienced such terrible loss. And for me, she helped me to bear the pain and cross that gaping hole from grief and despair to joy and faith. And I feared I would never experience again. Some see Mary, like those who experienced her at Lourdes, and others seem to find solace and healing simply by praying, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Each experience is personal, intimate, and loving. Now, our collective experience with Mary in times of sorrow would be more than sufficient to hold up her life as one very worthy of sainthood. But as we engage the text from Luke today, we experience Mary as one of the most profound and prophetic voices in the New Testament as well. 
He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly, filled the hungry with good things, sent the rich away empty. Mary prophetically and emphatically announces what the coming of Jesus into the world means. In many ways, this text not only echoes the true economic justice that permeates the Torah, it ties those ancient Hebraic texts to the coming of the Christ. Here is the embodiment of how God will take a humble servant, one who is poor in the eyes of the world, but rich and beautiful in spirit, and upend the way that we understand the world how we understand justice, be it economic or within the thoughts and depths of our own hearts. Mary was and is full of grace, but she was a profound prophet of God's justice and mercy as well. Her personal affinity for and draw to Mary is both undeniable and powerfully impactful for us as individuals. In and of itself, that speaks to just how important Mary's life and faith is for us as Christians and for our own individual faith journeys. But I think there's a deeper level here. As a community, no matter how large or small, Mary exemplifies not only a personal devout faith and prophetic witness, for how we can live into our own call from God. She provides something really important about faithful witness in living as a community. Mary's prophetic hymn speaks of the change that God is orchestrating through the birth of Jesus. And we're talking about deep systemic change that is uprooting the social order that provides sustainability and protection for those in power. Protection to remain in positions where their power comes at the expense of others. Allow some to be hungry while they profit. Allows resources to be hoarded and stifles the ability for everyone to have access to power. It's just amazing is that from a position of extreme poverty and a lack of power and social standing, Mary speaks truth to this power in the form of extreme hope. She sees what the kingdom will be and is open to the change that will come through faith, humility, and trusting in God's call for her and for the world. You see, it's extremely challenging for groups to discern God's call for change and to see to that change. Yet that's not just what Mary speaks of, but also living throughout her life, raising Jesus, participating in his ministry, and as a leader in the early church. As a community that faces challenges that include voter suppression, the erosion of access to health care, economic inequality that seems to be increasing at an exceptional rate, the threat of nuclear annihilation. When we're faced with responding to racism, the overt marching of torch-wielding white nationalists, 
that we saw in Charlottesville this weekend, but also that subtle insidious racism that's still evident in housing, employment opportunities, inequitable treatment by law enforcement. We have a patron saint who models trust in God and the humility to see so clearly that God is at work in our lives, both as individuals and as a community. It's not only an incredible blessing, but a dramatic reminder that as faithful Christians, we are called to personal prayer and faithfulness, to worship God in wonderful and beautiful ways. But we are also called to be faithful communities that humbly listen and obey God's call for us. We're called to participate in the coming of God's kingdom by standing up to racism, standing up for peaceful and just solutions to conflict, not only calling out inequality, but working with our neighbors to change the systems that enslave and disenfranchise. Mary's song of praise echoes the story of the Exodus, of a vision of God who frees those that are enslaved and seeks a kingdom where justice and mercy guide all that we do and all that we are in our hearts. He has shown strength with his arm, filled the hungry with good things and done great things for all of us. Friends, we are witnessing hatred, violence and racism on full display in our country right at this very moment. The image of that charger plowing through innocent people who stood up to the hatred and racism in Charlottesville is sickening. There's joy and comfort that comes from our relationship with Mary as our patron saint. There's responsibility as well. We're called to denounce the evil and speak truth to this power. But we are called to much more than words. We're called to action. So this morning, we pray to God, the God of justice and mercy. And Father, we ask for guidance that we may hear your call for us. We ask for courage and strength to oppose the forces of evil and hatred that exist in our world. We especially pray for those in Charlottesville for peace and for strength to stand against this hatred. We thank you for the blessing and comfort that we have received through your servant, the Blessed Mary, and that we may be inspired by her example of piety and her prophetic voice yearning for justice. God of justice and mercy, help us and guide us to be the light of the world and to stand up against hatred and evil. All this we ask in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen.